0: If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar.
2: Welcome back to The Move, where we arrive in with the book 10 minutes at a time.
0: Next 10 minutes, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14, all the way to Hebrews 5, verse
2: 9. What did... This passage, uh, what, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, what struck you?
0: The idea of a high priest. Oh, because the closest picture that I have of what a high priest could look like and function, you know, like contemporaneously, is the idea of a pope. And in our community, generally, popes aren't like super high esteemed. And so I guess it led me to think, like, okay, so what would the Hebrew reading this book like? What's the background and context for? Priests and high priests. And why is this a comparison? That's like, because we're doing better, 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 right? Yeah, like this yeah, yeah. Jesus is better than yeah. Moses. He's better than the all, all the different things that we've been talking about in the last chapters. High priest, harder for me to relate to than something like the law or other things that have shown up in my, like my life background, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. So high priest, Um I'm going to just a little... Academic dive, right? Okay. Just deep academic dive for you. You remember the movie Troy with Brad Pitt?
0: Mm. <laughs> Honestly, one of the one of my favorite movies. When oh I, yeah! At that time, I was like, "Dude, this is a great movie." All right.
2: All right. So you remember that scene where they're... Uh, what is it? King? By the way, I
0: thought we were gonna do an academic deep dive, and in my mind, I was like, "Damn, this kind of sucks." <laughs>
2: Well, I'm like, like, all right, I'm going to sit back, drink right, right, right.
0: this little coffee right here, and nah. just be prepared for whatever nah, comes nah, next. Nah, nah, nah.
2: <laughs> what is the king's name? Mela, Mela, Melaus, mela
0: Menelaus, I, Men, I think is what so, it is. Yeah,
2: anyway, he's waiting. They're on the battlefield, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of the opening scenes of the movie. And yeah. they're waiting for Achilles. Achilles. Agrius versus, Agrius Achilles, versus Achilles, Achilles, right?
0: Which is one of the coolest opening fights right? ever.
2: And what is it that Achilles. Uh, he emerges from having been in the camp. A uh, little um, boy goes and gets him some sort of armor bearer, brings yeah. him to the front of the camp, uh, to the front of the army. And the king is there with some of his officials and it's like, you know, go and fight, like lead right? your warlord, lead, lead the army. And... I think Achilles says something like uh, a king who would fight his own battles. Now, wouldn't that be
0: something? <laughs> oh, that's such a good luck. That right? was a diss at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. He had a lot of spite for Menelaus or whatever, yeah, however yeah, you say that. Yeah. name. Yeah.
2: Um, and you know, the, the, and it's the next part of the scene that's important hmm. that then they go to fight because they're fighting it the old way. Like we're doing it in the old way. Yeah. Ritual is, combat. Right. You have one, one, you know, one fighter represents yeah. the whole yeah. and whatever happens in that fight. Everyone
0: goes by that that result. This is kind of like David and Goliath, right? That's the result, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you see Achilles and he has that great move, pulls out the sword. Yeah. Dude, I, and whoever played Boagrius got just crazy trap muscles because that when you yeah. see that move and the sword yeah. goes in there it's just like ding like there's yeah. like a whole there's like a prime rib yeah. or just like a stake on his shoulder yeah dude was a stud <laughs> yeah.
2: but in this regard Achilles is the high priest
0: oh because what
2: happens of him is true of the rest of the people he is the representative of the people hmm. and so whatever happens to him happens to the people this is in some degree the way the high priest functions the high priest functions Definitely, as an intermediary between another party and your community. In this regard, God and humanity, or God in the case of the movie, be the, the two of, different armies. That's exactly.
0: Huh, okay, and then
2: whatever happens to this individual is what happens to the rest of the community.
0: Now, would the kind of ancient understanding of the way that communities relate to deities? What maybe? Would it be as antagonistic as Army versus Army, hence the need for an intercessor? like how how because Jesus shows up and he reveals a a different kind of God, yeah, one that doesn't need to be appeased, one that doesn't yeah. need to be kind of, yeah. you know, placated or whatever yeah. the case is, would the common understanding of how we relate to deities would it be kind of antagonistic?
2: Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. But I'll offer
0: Well, just the the need for someone to stand in the middle seems to suggest that it's not safe for me. Like when we're thinking about the pew 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 from a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago, there's the guys coming down from from heaven yeah, or yeah, from yeah. the sky with the flaming fingers and yeah. they're shooting off. Yeah the reaction from the people seem to suggest fear from the deity. And so they want, no, 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 no. You go represent us instead. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm afraid to stand in the gap.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's really good because this is exactly what this passage is undermining and it's subverting because since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, so he's a representative for us before the Lord, right, before God. Jesus, the son of God. So Jesus, the one who saves and this title of son of God. So our high priest is the son of God. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's not merely that our high priest is someone from our side that's going to go as an emissary to a uh,
0: oh. far off deity. Like, okay, so you already have an in with yeah, said it's deity, like the very be- son. Yeah, because the guy who's representing us is in the cahoots God, with right? that guy. Yeah, so that's sure. already
2: great news. So it's like, now let us hold fast to our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but Mm. one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So right there, you have a idea of incarnation, right? Mm. That he actually became one of us, that he was a human. He was in flesh. He was in blood. So that the high priest that we now have is not merely some figure who is going to a distant deity. One, he's the son of God. Mm. And two... He mediates in such a way as having become one of us.
0: So is the assumption that the high priest before this subversion was more representative of the deity than the people?
2: Well, I think the, the ancient Near Eastern stories of population groups and their gods are that their gods are so... Their gods, in some stories, are rulers over a population of slaves... Right, oh. you have a uh, you know you have ancient Near Eastern narratives. I think, um, oh man, I'm drawing blank here. Gilgamesh epic, maybe, uh, where the reason uh, is it the Astra Uh or uh, well, these epic stories, right? Where humans are made because there was some war in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Or that humans are made and they anger the gods, like they're too loud and the gods <laughs> are trying to sleep, okay. and it's like. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Humans end up getting enslaved by certain gods and other gods. Like, no, they're my slaves. They're not your slaves. Right? Um, Think about the Greek pantheon of gods and how they relate to humans. They... They're, they're, they're pawns. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're
0: they're disposable in one way or the other, whether that's for their own personal gratification. No, that's a great verbiage uh, to be verbiage. able to 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 make their lives easier. They're the ones holding the palm branches. Like the the creation was meant to serve mm-hmm. the god in this very traditional slave servant type mm-hmm. of idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. So that's a great verb. That's great verbiage. They're pawns, mm-hmm. right? But and so. As their pawns, you have to offer something to the deity for So him you're not-, not
0: the one to get sacrificed in it's- the next move.
2: So you're not the one who that deity gets angry at. So then mm. you offer things for the deity to show up and bless the land with rain so that there might be a harvest. You show up and do something for the deity so that they might bless you so that you might actually... Uh, reproduce as a family. Hmm. Uh, you show up for the deity so that the deity shows favor while you go out into battle. So there's all these ways in which you're trying to close the distance there's, and the gap. You, between there's always you
0: bargaining and, taking place.
2: And because you have distance between the deity, right? Like yeah. Deity's so high exalted and you're just a little pawn and you're like, please don't be angry with us. And the deity's fickle. They're, uh, what is the word? Mercurial, right? They're, one day they're for you, the other day they're against you. Like, ah. So you have to continue to offer them... You know, it's kind of like the mafia, man. <laughs> you you got to make sure you're paying. Yeah, you got to pay the money up, right? Yeah, yeah. So the boss is always like, give me my taste, <laughs> yeah, right? This <yeah. laughs> sort of vibe. But Hebrews is subverting that expectation. It like, no, it's the son of God who came down to us and became one of us. Mm. So we have a high priest that's so much greater because our high priest actually comes from the midst of us, became flesh and blood. And then secret of secrets, mysteries of mysteries, he's also God. Right? Mm-hmm. right and so that's so that's that's what we're talking about a high priest look at verse uh one of chapter five for every high priest chosen from amongst men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to in relation to god to offer gifts and sacrifices from sins so we've been talking about check yeah. right Yeah. Mm-hmm. he can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is
0: beset with weakness huh yeah that's that's one of the ones that i was stumped on for, for a little while reading this earlier well because he became a human. Yeah. Right? And but, he was susceptible to death. Okay. So the weakness that he's susceptible to in reference here is death. It's, oh, absolutely. Okay. Right? Uh, Because
2: he, of this, he is obligated to off, offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for the people. So this is a high priest is susceptible to death and cannot continue on and on meaning what he's susceptible to death because he exists in the realm of sin Hmm. so now this is talking about a high priest like the role of a high priest not just merely jesus but as a high priest in israel they were susceptible to death so there was a turnover right Hmm. because they couldn't go on for uh go on forever and no one takes this honor for himself but only when called by god just as aaron was so if you remember the story aaron was called Hmm. to serve moses and from aaron's line comes the line of priests who uh, the tribe of Levi and then the Aaronic priesthood, particularly from that family is where the high priest emerges, right? Mm -hmm. So that this gift is given to those who are called by God, but they cannot endure forever because of their susceptibility to death, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a prefigure. Uh, So Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Mm -hmm. So like Aaron in the priesthood, God is appointed, Jesus is appointed, didn't seek for it himself. God does disappointing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a connection. He also says in another place, you are a priest for forever, forever in yeah. the order of Melchizedek.
0: Okay, so uh, the beginning of chapter five is highlighting the fact that there is a priest and Uh the role and the function of a priest. But however, there's a severe limitation of whoever stands in the role of priest. Now,
2: that's at the beginning of chapter five, which comes after the beginning of this, what we call a pericope, right? Which is better understood. (laughs) That's what you would call
0: a pericope. I would never call it a pericope.
2: Theologically, it's just like a passage, right? This is a passage of scripture. Stop shaming me. (laughs) All right, so verse 14 It starts with 414, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. So it's contrasting. We have a great high priest passed through the heavens. He's still alive. He's still alive. And he's subverting every single expectation that we have of high priest because we all know, chapter 5, that a high priest supposed is supposed to die, supposed to die, and is susceptible <laughs> and does not choose himself. They come from the line of Aaron, yeah. so in that way, Jesus did not choose himself. However, he is part of the order of Melchizedek that lives forever.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You see what's going on?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the, it's it, I don't know that this is maybe one of the points of this passage, but I was actually having that conversation with a friend of mine this morning who who likened the uh, what's the the breastplate called? Wall of the stones. Oh yeah, the Ephod. The Ephod. He, mm-hmm. he likened it to God's infinity gauntlet because of all the stones, and and I get it because like we we in the in the books that we grew up with, that's how the high priest is always dressed. Yeah. But that's the ironic priesthood. Is, I forget where we were talking about this. Maybe yeah, was the Aaronic
2: priesthood, and he doesn't dress like that until you know the day of atonement or a particular time in the day of
0: atonement. Right. Yeah. But Jesus is not of that priesthood. He's no. of the Melchizedek priesthood.
2: Yeah, it's a different priesthood altogether, right? The Aaronic priesthood was a type of of what was to come, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is the fulfillment, the anti-type. And in his fulfillment, he transcends all the barriers that the Aaronic priesthood was within, all the limitations and parameters that the Aaronic priesthood lived within. Jesus transcends all of that. And this is why this passage here is transitioning the reader of Hebrews, the listener of Hebrews to a priesthood that although it has a counterpart In on earth, that counterpart is but a mere shadow that is actually instructive towards a greater reality in Jesus. Hmm. So in the same way that your priest was from among your tribes, the priesthood was one of your brothers. So Jesus among the brothers was like one of y'all. Yeah. In the same way that the priest had access to God, so Jesus has access to God. But unlike the limitations of your brothers who had to to offer sacrifices for themselves, Jesus has no need to Mm. offer a sacrifice because he himself is the sacrifice. And although he was tempted, he is without sin. Mm. The high priest has access to the most intimate part of God's presence in the most holy place. So does Jesus. But the high priest changes from year to year. Why? Because they can't endure forever. Jesus does not change because he is there forevermore the high priest has to offer a sacrifice for himself on the day of atonement jesus does no such thing the high priest goes within a veil there is no veil in mm. right the he's opened a new and living way through his body of flesh mm. right he doesn't have to bring incense in order to shield himself why because he is the very effluents the expressed image of his father so there is these touch points that now the author of Hebrews is moving into to magnify the supremacy of Jesus to be able to say that he's better.
0: That would have felt really intrusive to the Hebrews there, right? Because, I mean, he's just going every single one of the sacred cows, obviously they're not cows, but like every single one of those things that they hold dear, Mm -hmm. he's subverting every single one of those expectations.
2: Yeah, and he's subverting in so much as their misunderstanding of their own own history Hmm. needs correction Hmm. because to understand that the pastor of Hebrews, Paul is not subverting as though he's changing the trajectory Hmm. of these things. He's actually course correcting their deviation from what these things actually typify Hmm. because they were given as a type of what God was doing in the person of Jesus always and forever they misunderstood it how he talks about in romans 10 because they had a zeal without knowledge Hmm. and the book of hebrews is offering a course correction saying hey this has been the goal all along he is the lamb he was sacrificed on the altar He has transferred us through the waters from death to life. He now intercedes on our behalf in the presence of God without veil because he has full access. Why? Because he never dies. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices. And because he became like one of us, and put the first reality to death, that Adam one reality, we now exist forevermore in his person because he will never stop being a human. So hold fast to your confession that your God is within your midst because your God has put you on himself hmm. in the same way that the high priest would put on the ephod. Jesus has put on humanity and humanity cannot be shaken from him. Hmm. And now he is in the order of Melchizedek because our king of righteousness rules and reigns forever.
0: For for the Hebrews who are maybe skeptical of this, this would have been a tough pill to swallow. But, I, but I'm, I'm now trying to put myself in the position of those who receive this message their minds had to have been blown. And And I I don't know if you ever had this experience because you grew up in a part of the Northeast that had a very rich heritage for Adventism, as as you describe your your life story to me. But I remember sitting in this conference center when I was maybe 17, 18 years old. And for the first time, really paying attention to what our church has always thought about, but like the prophecies and how it aligns with history and just the way that God has been detailing thousands of years of history. mm -hmm. And it all connects in the person of Jesus. Like I remember just like, like really like sitting back just because I felt like my mind was actually being blown. And how amazing, how cool is this? I think the language that scripture tries to describe this experience is like like there's a fire mm-hmm. burning inside. Like they must have just been losing their minds when they start to see everything coming together mm-hmm. in the person of Jesus. Yeah.
2: I mean, I guess the only thing I could liken it to was when we got the revelation that Jesus as Savior Did not merely mean that because he was sacrificed, he had legally done something for us, Mm. but that because he was incarnated, Mm. he had transformed humanity and that we were alive in that transformation. Because before it was. Oh, he satisfied the requirements of the law. And if I live by the spirit, I can to overcome sin bit by bit because his presence is within me. Not that, you know, I have to overcome sin. I have salvation. But, you know, since I'm a sinner, I should still (laughs) overcome. you know, this whole thing. Sure. Uh, Um, But then when you got the revelation that he's not merely sacrificed, that he's an all sufficient savior precisely because he's transformed humanity in his person. Like how our minds are blown, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the trajectory of this passage. Can I offer something? Please do. I think we should do a part two on this passage. Okay. To address the tempted on all points.
0: Ah, yeah. Okay. Okay. If only we can also add the part about him learning obedience through suffering.
2: Yep, those two things.
0: Because that one is like, uh uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let's do that on the next go around.
0: Put a little pin on this one. Boop!